This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. On this show, we'll get a review of Regal Princess, answer some of your shore excursion questions, and Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Let's see, what do we have going on here? Oh, Carnival Freedom just got out of dry dock, so I uploaded a video highlighting the nine changes and kind of taking you um, deck by deck of the changes. Also, the Cruise Radio Daily News Briefs happening. You can search that at Cruise Radio News, Monday through Friday. Quick hits of the news right there. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hello, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line announced today that their new mega ship Mardi Gras will have some new features added to their staterooms. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. Um, they're going to have, the first thing they mentioned is floor-to-ceiling glass sliding doors on nearly all the verandas. So that'll make for easier access to the balconies. The sofas will flip into a bed and footstools will have additional storage. Uh, this one, I'm not quite sure I get it, but they're going to put clear glass doors on the in-room mini refrigerators. Okay. Um, more 110-volt power outlets and USB connections, both by the vanity and uh, next to the bedside, which is really popular on all the new ships these days. They're going to also install flexible bedside reading lamps, you know, those ones like the gooseneck we used to call those. Mm -hmm. So you can read in bed without disturbing anybody. Uh, they will have a larger customizable wardrobe that will have two pull-out bins, a sliding shoe rack, folding shelves, and more storage. And the bathrooms are going to have glass shower doors. So I guess that's the end of those sticky shower curtains that so many older ships have. And uh, it's called, they're also going to put in an in-shower shaving bar so that ladies can put their foot up on that to shave their legs. Carnival Mardi Gras, of course, going to debut in August of 2020 and be in Port Canaveral October 2020, correct? That's it. Yeah. And on the subject of Carnival, it looks like they're pulling out of Antigua. Well, it's very interesting. Carnival has canceled their port visits to Antigua. They said they're no longer going to go there beginning November of this year. And the four ships that will no longer call there will be the Carnival Breeze, the Legend, Carnival Pride, and Magic. They said the decision was made because it doesn't seem like the Antiguan government really wants cruise lines and their guests to visit. So in lieu of uh, St. John, which is the main port in Antigua, the ships are going to reroute to Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. So that's too bad. I guess that they're just going to rely on hotel visits from now on. And it looks like the deal could be finalized for Disney Cruise Line to develop a, another cruise port in the Bahamas. Yes, they're going to build a second Bahamas Island destination, and they've closed a deal uh, to buy, it's called Lighthouse Point, located on the island of Eleuthera in the Bahamas. It's a 700-acre bit of property, but Disney had to agree to donate 190 acres of this land, which includes the southern, the very southern tip of the island to become a national park. Disney also had to agree to uh, really pay it forward and contribute to enhancing the school's hospitals, and maintaining the cultural landmarks. And this is interesting. The facility has to be available to local residents, not just private for Disney Cruise passengers. Now, before everything is totally approved, the government still needs to complete their you know, usual assessment and an environmental management plan 
But if all goes as scheduled, the new destination should open sometime between 2021 and be completed by 2023. And that will be the same time as the third of Disney's newest ships will be launched. How much did they buy that land for? They bought it for a cool $6.29 million. That's a great deal, though, if you think about it. It probably is 700 acres. Yeah, especially for it being in the Bahamas. Princess Key is also located there, right? Yes, it is. This next talking point really makes me question just how good cruise ship doctors really are. Uh, Royal Caribbean just lost a medical lawsuit. What happened here? Well, a judge just ruled that Royal Caribbean owes $3.38 million to the family of a passenger who died of a heart attack while on an Alaskan cruise uh, in 2016. And the family was cruising to celebrate his 70th birthday. The lawyer for the family argued that the ship's doctor contributed to the death after making several errors in diagnoses and treatment. And of course, as you would expect, Royal Caribbean will appeal the verdict. This is so wrong. Norwegian Cruise Line has a same type of lawsuit against them right now because of the cruise ship doctors. It's just, uh, it's sickening, really. Yeah, you know, I can tell you a story, personal story. I'm not going to mention the ship or the cruise line, but it was it was on gala night, and I was seated with what was supposed to be the ship's doctor. Turns out the ship's doctor was actually a dentist, but he said he had set broken limbs before, so everything should be fine. Wow. Moving on to the last talking point here. <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe that. Carnival Cruise Lines, Carnival Freedom just got out of a three-week dry dock with some new enhancements. Yeah, you know, 21 days of dry dock is a long time, and they, they added some really nice features. The first one is called the Carnival Adventures Store, and that's where you can buy all of your water toys and swim shorts and things like that. They've opened a Bonsai Sushi Express, which is a miniature version of the big Bonsai Sushi, and it, there's a fee attached, but they will make it. It's a counter that you'll go up to, and you can just order freshly made sushi rolls and sashimi. The Carnival Deli has been upgraded. They offer more food choices. A new waterworks area was added and includes the aqua, aqua Tunnel Slide and Carnival's Twister Slide, which is that 212-foot-long crazy slide that I will never go on. And also, during the dry dock, the Whirlpool was removed from the spa, and they turned that empty space into an aerobics room. The golf course was moved behind the funnel on deck 11. They took away the hammocks and serenity and put nothing in their place, apparently. A new internet cafe was added in the, in the main lobby. And in a, on a really positive note, they added more accessible bathrooms. And you'll find these outside the main dining room on decks three and four, outside the International Aft Lounge on deck five, and near Guy's Burger Joint up on the Lido deck. So that, that about covers all of the um, the improvements during the dry dock. So a couple of things here. They're taking out the Whirlpool located in the fitness center, and they're adding an aerobics room. So it makes me wonder, is it a liability reason why they're doing that, do you think? Well, that partially, and I think, um, you know, they're... I think it's a cleanliness issue, possibly, you know, to maintain the whirlpools. But also, if they turn it into an aerobics room, they can charge a fee to participate in aerobics, in Zumba, in yoga, Pilates. So I think it's going to be a moneymaker, whereas sitting in the whirlpool, Carnival's not er earning any uh, dividends off of that. And I noticed they took the hammocks out of Serenity in, on, uh, on Freedom, and I'm wondering if that 
<laughs> I know that they took the hammocks out of the Havana suites when Vista first came um, came online because people were horse playing. And I'm wondering if it kind of is trickling through Serenity now and if we'll start seeing hammocks disappearing. You know, that would be a shame. But yeah, but you know, if, you know, some people, I have seen people slip, you know, turn over and whoop, they're on the floor. Mm-hmm. So this could be an issue, a safety and a liability issue also. Yeah. Listener question comes from Jay. If you have a question, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. We're sailing on Carnival Sensation out of Miami at the end of the month. Our niece, who is 13, will be going with us. Does Carnival or Port Miami have a special parental consent form for their parents to sign stating she can go on the cruise with us? Well, Carnival actually doesn't have a specific form But on their website, very deep into the um, rules and regulations, they do say that when traveling with a minor where one parent or both parents or legal guardians are not cruising, they strongly recommend that you bring with you a signed letter from the parents, which would authorize the minor to travel with you. So, you know, just have them write something up. And I used to work in immigration many, many years ago, and I learned that if you have some, if you're taking someone else's child with you, and you know, especially if the last names don't match, be sure and have the parents get the letter notarized and stamped with a raised seal. Uh, it just makes it look so much more uh, legitimate, and you won't have any problems with Homeland Security if you go the extra guard and have the letter notarized. We should also mention we are not lawyers and not giving out legal advice. Absolutely not. This is straight from the Carnival website. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at CruiseRadio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. Mike just returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Princess Cruises, Regal Princess, and he joins us on the line. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Doug. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a little while since we've heard from Regal Princess, so we're going to take a step back before we get to the ship. What made you want to take this seven-night Eastern on Regal Princess? Well, seeing a lot about princes recently, um, I just decided I wanted to try it. I wanted to step up a little bit from Carnival and try something different. And I uh, saw that the Regal Princess was doing an Eastern Caribbean. The pricing was good um, since it was the first one out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it would come back from New York. Um, so I went ahead and booked it and jumped on and uh, kind of what I expected. Um, you know, a little bit of a step up and a kind of not luxury, but a premium uh, experience. At the end of the day, it's definitely not Carnival Cruise Line, right? Right, right. There's definitely a, there's some differences there. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's talk about embarkation. You made your way down to Port Everglades and you uh, got to the cruise terminal there. How was your embark process? It was really smooth. Um, I took I stayed at the Holiday Inn uh, Airport at the Fort Lauderdale Airport there. So once I, I took the shuttle over. Uh, probably from from curb to ship, maybe 20 minutes. 
if okay. that. Uh, they do check in at the at the counter. So you pick up your sell and sign card at the counter, uh, and then you go to a waiting area. You sit, you wait. Once they call you, then you board, and it's a pretty smooth and pretty quick process. Since this was your very first Princess Cruise, what was your impression walking into the atrium? You know, Doug, I'd say bright and shiny. When you walk in, you walk right into the piazza, which is a uh, – it's three decks of an atrium, and it's gold, and it's it's really beautiful. I was really impressed by it. Uh, I was excited to get on board and, and go to all the different venues. Of course, one of the first things you see is the International Cafe, which I'll talk about. And so I really – I was impressed, very impressed with it. Yeah, one thing about that ship and and Royal Princess too is it's very shiny, it's very clean, it's almost very sterile, but in a good way. Oh, exactly, exactly. There's not a lot of bright colors or anything like that, but there the places that are bright colors they fit. Yeah. So it's not as um, not gaudy. I don't want to use that word, but it's very uh, very clean. I think that's a good word for it. Yeah. What kind of stateroom did you book on this sailing, and what did you think of it? I had an inside stateroom, okay. uh, which I was happy with. It was, uh, you know, it didn't have the sofa, but it did have a large, you know, king size bed in it. It had the desk, had a fridge in it. It's funny the way that's different from what I'm used to. When you walk in, you have a closet. Not a, it's open closet, so there's no doors. But you have plenty of room to hang your clothes, and you can even put your luggage in there. And there's plenty of room for that. Um, you have plenty of room for folding clothes. You have drawer space in the desk. Uh, you have a safe in the room. Uh, but I was very happy with it. I mean, inside stateroom is always you kind of want to have that natural light coming in because you really don't have any idea what time of day it is. But I didn't I didn't mind it at all in this cabin. You know, one thing I do admire about Princess is they have plenty of storage space. Oh, absolutely. They have plenty of storage space. There was um, there was a cabinet that had the safe in it. There were all these shelves in that cabinet, and then they had the desk, and there were probably f- six drawers there. Uh, so, you, And then you had shelving up above the uh, where you hang your clothes. So we'll talk about dining now, and uh, let's start at the buffet. So what do you think about the buffet area, and what does Princess call the buffet, the Horizon Court? Horizon Court, yeah. They they have a couple different names. I think part of it's Horizon Court and part of it's Horizon Bistro. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's uh, – <laughs> they give it different names depending on where you're at. Um, but yeah, the Horizon Court is the, is the buffet area. And how was the food there? I thought it was really good. Um, I mostly eat breakfast in the buffet. Typically, that's you know going for the waffles and the, the eggs and the sausage and the, the omelet. They had an omelet station. Um, they had plenty of uh, plenty of places where it wasn't real crowded, and I thought the food was really good. I did eat dinner there one night. It was taco night, and they had uh, soft tacos with fish and beef and uh, pretty much whatever you wanted to get on put on there. You could. Um, and then they had areas where they had fruit, and they even have an area that's just desserts. And one of the things I was going to mention that I, li- I really liked is they have an area where it's just cookies and milk. Mm-hmm. So you can go grab yourself a plate of cookies and a glass of milk, and you're good to go. This is one of these ships that have the bakery, the dessert area, right in the middle of the buffet, like in a dedicated space, correct? Right, exactly. You kind of walk into a into a hallway where they have uh, have the bakery, and then they have one where they just have well, that's where they have the bread and all that, and then they have another section where they have all the dessert. I didn't ask you this earlier. Were you sailing solo? I was, yes. So, how was the main dining room experience? I went to the main dining room uh, twice. Okay. Um, I thought it was really good. It was the service was fast. 
um, it, it, you, and it was I did the anytime dining so that you go in. Um, I didn't wait for a table, and I even went around six six thirty or so, and I know I didn't wait for a table. It didn't take long at all, and the food was really good. I had some chicken alfredo, which is probably the best chicken alfredo I've had on a ship, so that was really good. What was unique that I found on there was they have a menu that's just their normal items that they have on their menu. Um, so you can get it any night. And it was – they had a burger on there. And I just had never seen a burger on a dining room menu. And it felt – somebody said, well, why don't you order the burger? I said, well, I feel kind of weird eating a burger in a dining room with tablecloths. <laughs> <laughs> so – but uh, I've heard it's very good, though. I've heard it's very good. You only dined in the main dining room twice. Was that because you were sailing solo? Um, that was part of it, but it just wasn't. I, I found other places I wanted to try. Like I tried the Lido Buffet, um, Alfredo's, um, the International Cafe. It was just different different things and based on what I was doing that day. Talk to me about Alfredo's in the International Cafe. What did you think? That was really good. I ate in Alfredo's the first night and the last night. The first night I just had uh, had a pasta because you can get pasta or pizza there. And the pasta was really good. And I had pizza the last night, which is what they're famous for. And it was incredible. I wish I had eaten that the first night because I would have been there every night. Mm -hmm. It was so good. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and they make it They make it right there. You can actually watch them making the pizza. They have uh, – they're just like little pan size, you know, personal size pizzas. And one thing I noticed, it wasn't – it was never really very crowded. So you didn't have to wait for a table very often. Uh, so that was nice. Um, the International Cafe, of course, is open 24 hours. They had Cuban sandwiches, egg salad sandwiches, ham and cheese croissants, um, and they you would you decide what you wanted. They put it in the the panini press, and it was hot and ready to go in a couple minutes. And it was really good. It, they, that was always available twenty four hours a day. So were both of these venues complimentary? Uh, they are. Yes, they're both complimentary part of the cruise fair. Yep. Any pizza by the pool? Um, I did not. I actually didn't have the pizza. Um, it actually, actually, the pizza is actually. I never did find the pizza. Honestly, I never did actually go to find it. Um, I did have Trident's. I think it's called Trident's Grill mm -hmm. by the pool, which is burgers and uh, hot dogs, uh, and chicken sandwiches. Talk to us about the entertainment on board this seven night cruise. Uh, the entertainment was really good. I, I went to a, a couple of the shows. Um, I'm not a big I don't I'm not a big fan of the shows. I don't go to them very often. Um, I went to uh, the first night, which was like a soul music kind of thing. They had a tribute to Aretha Franklin and, and that type of thing, and that was really good. It was the normal review kind of show um, where they're they're covering the different songs and they kind of mix and match them. Uh, the last night I actually went to a show called Bravo. And that was really good. They brought on, I think, I, I guess they're considered Sopranos, and that was really good. The Princess Theater is really nice. It's one big, huge theater. So it's not, you don't have balconies. You just have one big, huge theater, and there's plenty of seating in it. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing blocking your view or any of that. So it's really nice. Um, the rest of the entertainment around the ship, I was really impressed with. The bands that they had on board, they had a, uh, a house band that just played you know, popular music, and they played in the atrium. They played in a couple of different bars. But then they also had a steel drum guy, which is not a steel drum. It's a steel pan. 
I learned that because I took a lesson on how to play the steel pan. Fun. So that was, that was a lot of fun. 45 minutes is not very long, but it was still it was still fun to do. But uh, he was really good, and he would play in the wheelhouse. Uh, he'd play in the atrium, and you was there was always music somewhere. And it wasn't – one thing I noticed, and I mentioned this to a couple people, is that the music didn't – music from one place didn't drown out the other. Mm-hmm. It was very much separated. So you could be in one place and you were just hearing the music from that location, uh, which was really good. Um, they had a piano bar. Uh, it's a piano bar. It's called uh, uh, Crooners, mm-hmm. and it's up on deck seven. It overlooks the atrium, and it's kind of that um, Rat Pack kind of theme. Mm-hmm. And they always had a piano player up there. He would play you know, Sweet Caroline and, and Beatles songs, things like that. And that was a great place to go. They had comfy seats and couches and all that. So that was – I consider that part of the entertainment, and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that part. How was the ship during sea days? Uh, sea days were not real crowded by the pools. Where I saw the crowds is you could never get into a hot tub. The hot tubs were always full. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pools themselves were not very crowded, and I think part of that was the water was not super warm because it had just come from New York. So the water hadn't had time to really warm up yet. What about the public areas around the ship and the dining venues on sea days? It really never felt crowded. Um, you could you could go out and find a chair. And I was traveling solo, so it was fairly easy for me to find a chair. But really, around the pool, it was pretty easy to find a spot, unless you wanted to be directly right next to the pool. Um, that was because, again, they have two different pools on their pool deck. Um, so they have a small... Um, I guess a plunge pool, and then they have their big pool. And then they also – the hard area was to find a spot on sea day was, was the adult area. That was the difficult place to find a spot. I'm curious how inviting Princess Cruises is as a solo traveler. Like would you cruise Princess again as a solo guest? Um, I would. I, I think that one of the things that I – they had a single meetup. So that and they had there happened to be somebody on the ship that was kind of one of those people that kind of introduced people and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they did a really good job. So I ended up in a group of people hanging out. That's fine. So that I can't speak for saying that's on every cruise, but um, I thought it went very well. And they do very good, good with the dining. They you know, they ask you, do you want to share? And they actually put you at a big table with other people. And you're not you don't sit down and you're you're sitting down they're already eating and now you're ordering you're all ordering at the same time Mm, okay and that's one of the things traveling solo is you wind up sitting down to a table they're already eating and then they get up and then you're sitting there by yourself Mm -hmm. so (laughs) but I i thought they did a really good job so this was a seven night eastern caribbean cruise so give us the port of call you went to and one highlight from that port well, we went to Princess K, which I really liked Princess K. The, uh, it was the beach. The beach was very clean. The water was clear. Uh, beautiful beach. Uh, St. Thomas uh, was the next stop. That one, I actually just took the sky ride up to Paradise Point. Uh, had myself the, the drink there. Can't think of the name of it right now, but uh, it was really good. And then St. Martin took the excursion that takes you out to Maho Bay. And you just anchor and watch the planes that come in over Maho Bay and just hang out, have some food, have some drink, and and uh, just hang out. And then just took the water taxi over to downtown. It's so cool watching those jets come in and out of St. Martin. 
It is. I wish I'd gotten to see a jet, but at least I got to see some uh, some of the Cessnas come in. The jets were going to come in later, so after we had already left. I just miss the days when they would fly those KLM 747s in there. Those things were so cool to watch and how close they got. Yeah, I think what last year they stopped flying the KLM flight in there, I think. It's always fun to go to the Sunset Bar and Grill when you go to um, Airport Beach or Maho Beach, whatever you want to call it. Uh, always a lively crowd over there. Oh, yeah. We could hear the music from there. We could hear the music and the people from there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very active place. <laughs> you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was that sea day back? I mean, was it kind of a um, decompressing day for everyone, kind of a, a packing day? Or like, what is your sea day like on the very last day? Well, we had two sea days coming back. So we had the one before St. Thomas, and then we had the, the two coming back. Um, I think it's very much decompressing. Just relax. And I really like sea days at the end. Um, because you're not rushing, you're just kind of relaxing and just enjoying your day. Um, and you just you they have plenty of activities going on, but the last day wasn't as much, so people could kind of relax, get packed, and get get set to go home the next day. So you disembarked the ship in Port Everglades. How was that disembarkation process for you? It was really smooth. Um, I did. Lo- I flew down to Fort Lauderdale, and people make fun of me for flying out of Jacksonville to Fort Lauderdale. But it, it was for the for the price, it was great. Um, but my flight didn't leave till three o'clock. So what I did was luggage direct with them. And so you put your luggage outside your cabin. They give you luggage tags. They check you in. You give you a boarding pass, and they check your luggage all the way to the airport and all the way home for you. So you never have to actually touch your luggage uh, getting off the ship. So disembarkation was really smooth. I waited to the last minute, got off the ship. While everybody was walking to get their luggage, I was walking through customs. And I'd say maybe 10 minutes, I was at the curb from the ship. You know, man, you said people laughed at you for flying from Jacksonville to Lauderdale. I do that almost on a monthly basis. And heck with them. It's a 42-minute flight. You don't have to pay for parking. And it's 10 hours of your life you don't have to spend in a car. Oh, absolutely. And that South Florida traffic is awful. And if you think about it, the parking at the port for seven nights is almost as much as a round trip ticket. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not, oh, yeah, yeah, not bad at all. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so <laughs> let's see here. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of your cruise? One of the biggest highlights really was the International Cafe. It was open 24 hours and to be able to go get a Cuban sandwich at three in the morning was great. And I did that. <laughs> um, but the trivia was another one. They had a lot of trivia going on in Princess Live. Um, and I really liked the outside decks area. There was a lot of space to go and just sit out and just watch the ocean. So those were my three top highlights there. Well, Mike, in closing here, final thoughts of Regal Princess. I really liked Regal Princess. I want to do the. I want to try the Royal, which is a sister ship. I would really like to do that. I think that Princess, their level of service is a step above. Uh, you never really waited for anything. Uh, you waited when you ordered a drink from a chair. It was quick. Uh, the drinks were were very good. The food was fresh. I, I really enjoyed it. So I would go back on there again. We've been talking with Mike about his seven-night cruise aboard Regal Princess. Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Don't be a stranger, my friend. I will not. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. On the line now is Rob from CruisingExcursions.com to answer your questions. Hey, Rob. Hey, Doug. How you doing? Good, man. I have a lot of questions here, a lot of them coming from Carnival Radiance and Carnival Mardi Gras uh, for next summer. So the first question is, we're looking for a good sightseeing tour in Denmark. Any suggestions? Oh, definitely. And we offer a tour in Copenhagen. Our Essential Collection Wonderful Copenhagen Tour. It's a great choice for just a general sightseeing and overview of the city. 
You'll take in all the main sites. So you'll see uh, the Little Mermaid. You'll spend some time in the Nyhaven district, um, taking the sites of the Amalienborg Palace from outside. And of course, you will have a little bit of free time given in Copenhagen, so you can explore at your own pace. Maybe taking a coffee, do a little bit of people watching or something like that. Katie has the next question. We're stopping in Naples, which is close to the Amalfi Coast. Is there a way to access the coast while ported in Naples? There certainly is, and there's not many better places to visit, really. The Amalfi Coast is wonderful. We actually have a new tour, really, um, that's really from Naples. Visits Visits both Amalfi and Ravello. It's our essential collection, small group tour, relaxing Ravello, Amalfi and coastal boat tour. And that'd be perfect just to get a good overview and a glimpse into the, um, into the Amalfi Coast and the sites there. And you would take a boat tour that would take you along the Gulf of Naples, along the Amalfi Coast, where you would see the sites of Ravello and Amalfi, and may even be able to see Capri in the distance there. And just with some such stunning scenery around the Amalfi Coast in Naples, it's just definitely a tour not to miss. Yeah, it's a really, really beautiful area over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next question comes from Diane. She says, we really want to make the most out of our two days in St. Petersburg. Do you have any tours for the evenings? Ah, we certainly do. We get that question asked quite a lot these days. Um, so obviously with most ships porting overnight within St. Petersburg, we have two really um, main tours that we offer on the evening. We have our essential collection, Evening River Cruise. Now this will pick up the customers from the port and take them on a cruise through the River Neva, through the centre of St. Petersburg, giving them some sights of the city at night time when everything's lit up, sailing past the Hermitage, the Church on Spilt Blood. Um, and it just really offers a different side to St. Petersburg from seeing it in the daytime, to seeing it all lit up and alive at night. And then alternatively, we have another tour that is very, very popular. As you can imagine, when people are in St. Petersburg, they would like to see the ballet. And we offer a tour, the essential collection, an evening at the ballet with shared return transfers. Now, this takes place at one of two theatres. It's either at the Palace Theatre, situated in the Hermitage, or it would be the Aurora Theatre. And it would be one of three shows, Swan Lake, Don Quixote, or The Nutcracker. So you can see there, three very popular ballet shows, um, and they're all performed by really top ballet performers within St. Petersburg, some of the top ballet groups. Um, and, you know, we have, a, we have a performance running pretty much every night, and especially when those ships are overnight in port as well. Um, it just gives the customer something a little bit different to do whilst in St. Petersburg and really have a, an experience of a traditional Russian ballet. Our next question says, we are calling to Livorno and we want to see both Pisa and Florence. Is this possible to do in one day? Oh, of course, certainly. And we have a fantastic tour, actually, that takes in both Pisa and Florence. Um, It's an eight and a half hour tour. So a full day tour, but it really does give you a good feel of both places um, of Pisa and Florence. So the tour will start with a pickup from the port. We'll take them into Pisa. Well, they'll spend some time at the Square of Miracles and they'll see the Leaning Tower, of course. Um, They'll see the baptistry, uh, the cathedral and obviously the the monumental um, cemetery within Pisa as well. So I'll spend some time there, and then they would then move on to Florence, where they would have a walking tour of Florence, seeing the the Santa Maria Cathedral, um, Giotto's Bell Tower, the Piazza della Repubblica, and have a good guided tour of Florence, and then with some free time given at the end of the tour, again, where they can explore at their own leisure, maybe add some tickets on for the Academia or a Fitzy Gallery if they wanted to see those as well. So they do have that option in their free time as well. Of course, 
we always guarantee to have them back to the ship on time after the four-day tour. Our final question, we're going to Stockholm for the very first time. Do you have any suggestions? Of course. So again, Stockholm is a very popular port of call along the Baltic sailing. Um, we have our essential collection, Stockholm Highlights with Vasa Museum Tour. Um, it's a great tour for first-time visitors to really give you a good feel of Stockholm, a good overview of the city, um, you know, take some memories and some information back with you um, after your cruise. So the tour will take in a, um, a trip around the medieval old town, um, the Royal Palace. You'll see the new Parliament building, the National Museum. And there'll be some time spent within the modern city centre as well. So you can see the contrast of old Stockholm and then with the new um, commercial side of it as well. And you'll also take in a trip to the Vassy Museum where you'll see the warship. And there'll be some time spent there, around about an hour and a half, um, within the Vassy Museum where you would have a guided tour and then with a return back to the ports. And it really does give a good overview of Stockholm and it will make you realize why they call it the beauty on the water. All right. We've been talking to Rob over at CruisingExcursions.com. If you have any questions to submit about shore excursions, drop me an email, Doug, at CruiseRadio.net, or drop them a line at CruisingExcursions.com. Rob, thanks for being on the show, my friend. Thank you very much for your time, Doug. It's been an absolute pleasure. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.